0: Don't forget your phone, keys, and wallet. Come on, you're a freaking adult. Get your shit together.
1: Keys Wallet.
2: The show about getting our shit together.
1: Together! <laughs> oh, right. uh, this is episode 11. Um,
2: We're gonna talk about health insurance. With- yes,
1: something I know nothing about. I mean, I know base level stuff, but then. Whenever I think I know enough about health insurance, I don't know anything at all.
2: I'm not even sure I know what plan I have. I just know I'm covered. <laughs> I know. I, I know
1: there's like a P and an O in it, but I don't know if it's PPO. Yeah. But OPP. <laughs> yeah, you know me. <laughs> um, yeah. So today we have on uh, Jordan. And I don't want to butcher your last name. Pisarsic. Pisarsic. That's nice. That's nice to the ear. Yeah, yeah. It hits all these like nice notes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is Jordan Pisarsik. Um So it's really random how we got Jordan onto the show, but I posted on Facebook about uh, anyone knowing about health insurance more than a regular person would know about health insurance.
2: It's like two percent of the world.
1: <laughs> yeah, to get to get on the show to teach us about health insurance and. Um, Joe, uh, this guy I knew from elementary school commented and, uh, and, uh, linked me up with one of his coworkers, Jordan. And, um, so Jordan works for, you work for Doc uh, ASAP?
0: Doc ASAP. Yeah. Doc, a- <laughs> Doc <laughs> ASAP.
1: And I posted it on the page, but it's one of the three top healthcare delivery services, right? Is that? Yeah. Online, in, uh, in uh, online scheduling and patient access. Yeah. Yeah. It's so. Cool. He knows a lot about health insurance, but I still don't really understand what Doc ASAP is. So, why we, let's start with explaining what you do.
0: Sure, sure. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm Jordan Pusarsk. Uh, thanks for having me on the on the show. Uh, I lead the account management team at Doc ASAP, uh, and we are an online scheduling, patient access, patient engagement company. So, digital health company uh, focused on helping. Uh, healthcare providers, larger health systems, uh, and and healthcare insurance companies make access to care easier for patients. That's, that's the idea. So that's pretty much what we do. So you guys are kind of
1: like, do you kind of like translate all the different options for people? You just make it easier to...
0: Uh, it's, it's helping them find the right type of care for what they need. So, you know, they're like, okay, I have, you know, back yeah. problems or, mm-hmm. or this type of pain or that type of pain. Uh, but they don't really know exactly where they need to go or what specialist to, to see or who's covered by their insurance, you know, yeah. so obviously the topic of the day. Um, and so it helps them find the right provider for them and then actually book an appointment with that provider. In gotcha. time. So, uh, they don't have to, you know, call up the provider and, and deal with all of that. It kind of modernizes the, the whole process. So what's the like the level of easiness like of, of, of
2: ease in selecting or finding a doctor? So like, is it literally like, oh, I have a back problem and I live in Brooklyn, or is it do you have to like, type in, you know? I don't know. What do you do? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I
0: think it's a good question because I think today a lot of people uh, go to Google. They, they you know, search for their symptoms on WebMD. A lot of times they, they end up feeling like they have, you know, yeah, something really serious process, or, yeah. or cancer, you know, because you, you can have a headache and all of a sudden it looks like you have cancer. Oh yeah. Um, so people are very paranoid because of that. And, and I think it's one of the things that a lot of doctors see more of is people coming in, Already deciding that they have X, Y, and Z, and just how do I, I, I get treated for it? it. I, I just want to it. confirm it, right? Um, so part of the process is just understanding, you know, what uh, what they really have, and without diagnosing it. I mean, they need to really see a doctor to do that. But uh, to be able to say, look, based on what you have, here are some of the providers you may want to see. Because right now, if you go to Google or you look at your insurance company, you can say, well, all right, I, I need to see. You know, I have. Back problems. I need to see an orthopedic surgeon. Mm -hmm. Well, not necessarily. And even if you say I need to see an orthopedic surgeon in Brooklyn, there's probably you know, three hundred of them around that you could go see, and that you just get like an alphabetical list of providers. It's a bit intimidating. It is, and so and and some of them, you know, with orthopedic surgery, for example, some people uh, only do you know hand and wrist. Some people Mm -hmm. do spine. Some people do knees. So. It depends on what you really need, you know, which doctor you should actually see for that particular condition. Um, and so we try to help identify that. So, okay, you have this insurance and this type of plan, and you have this problem with your knees, so you can see, you know, one of these four orthopedists who are, like, mm-hmm. the best for that particular thing. Because that's, that's in the
1: their network, is that Right. Exactly right. right. Yeah. Is, is ZocDoc a competitor?
0: Uh... Ish,
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, what do they do exactly? I mean,
0: yeah, they, they work with a lot of independent providers. I think the ma- major difference is they focus more on independent providers rather than uh, a larger kind of enterprise uh, oh, okay. health systems and, and pair groups. So that's that's really the major focus difference between between the two groups. And and you know they're a little more focused on sort of building a marketplace sim- similar, I guess, to like an Uber. Type of experience where you just have a bunch of doctors on and a bunch of patients looking for doctors, um, but you know at the end of the day, uh, healthcare and and you know getting a, getting a ride somewhere are not really the same thing. So yeah. we think it requires a little more nuance to it. And and again, this is my own opinion. It's obviously not the companies, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so I'll just put that out there. But yeah, you know, that, sure. that's just kind of my thought about how uh, how these things sort of develop. So.
1: So, just to, to like, top-level dummies, healthcare for dummies. Yeah, even that word healthcare. So, I feel like people, like, the words health
0: insurance and healthcare are interchangeable. Is that correct? Is that? Health insurance and healthcare? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I guess healthcare is kind of the broad industry or area. And then, you know, health insurance is... uh, basically the, the the group the groups that pay for it um uh they're also called payers okay. in some cases yeah. so um health and it's it's called health insurance historically because you know you have a lot of groups that do life insurance or others that have gotten into that area um and it used to be that you would only um have health insurance yet way way back for catastrophic issues so like something really goes wrong and and it's insurance against that larger thing. Now it's really completely changed because you use your yeah. health insurance for pretty much everything, every aspect of care. And so they're really they're they're more commonly referred to now in the industry as payers because they're they're the ones that pay for various services. They take in money from patients and then they pay it out to providers or to pharmaceutical companies um, or or pharmacies really to. Um, to cover services that people need.
1: That already, right, like car and payers, I feel like already makes more sense. Yeah. To me, about how it works. But I think it's really interesting. You're touching on like, almost like the history of insurance in my stomachs. I wonder if the mics pick that up. But uh, anyways, no, yeah, like the origins of insurance in America. Because you're talking about America, right? How? So what you're saying basically it started out as just like life insurance, essentially? How insurance? Started in America?
0: Yeah. I mean, it was uh, not exactly life insurance, but it was more about prevention of major issues. So people would... It was major issues. Yeah.
1: It was like, okay. Yeah.
0: Because healthcare healthcare used to be a lot more affordable. People would just pay out of pocket. And, you know, there weren't as many diagnostic tests that people Uh were doing. There weren't as many... Um, complicated pharmaceuticals out there that people were using that cost a lot of money, yeah. and uh, and even doctor visits were a lot cheaper. So snake oil, basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sort of. <laughs> Tea. And, and, and yeah. people would kind Rest. of, I mean, they would, they, but there were certain situations where, you know, let's say you had a really, really, you know, bad thing happen to you, and those types of things were way too expensive, and so you couldn't it would be harder to afford. So insurance companies who were already doing, you know, life insurance and, uh, you know, home insurance and other things said, well, you know, in that same way we could create health insurance where, um, you know, we're, we're helping to cover people if a major, major issue happens. And so if they have a major life event and they have super expensive care, we can help cover them for that. And so that's really how it started, but then it evolved into, they started taking on more and more Um, aspects of care and and then really managing it and saying it's not, you know, you you pretty much have to go through us for everything so that was, it went from um, indemnity insurance which was basically the, you know, something really bad happens, we pay out and we'll just pay whatever the doctor says if the doctor says it's $6,000 or $20,000, yeah we just pay it Hmm. then they started realizing that was a really bad proposition for them and they said well we're only going to pay X for this type of thing um, and then and this so is where
1: deductibles came out of and stuff like that. Well, that's
0: that's where all the contracts with providers came out of, and um, now now yeah. providers say I'm only going to charge X amount for this service, or I'm only going to get I, I agree that I'm only going to get paid X amount for this service because the insurance company companies realize I can't just pay out whatever the doctor decides. Yeah. I have to yeah. control it, and so but now you have a much more managed experience, which is why they call it managed care sometimes because um, everything is kind of pre-decided in terms of how much something should cost. And that's all, like, uh, dependent on your conditions. So, like, yeah, you know, if you're
2: smoking, like, every day, you're probably going to get less health
0: insurance, or or it's going to be more expensive, right? It, uh, some Sometimes <laughs> it is, yeah. Or sometimes you just need to choose a plan that covers more, because the likelihood is you're going to have a lot more uh, issues, down, you're going to have many more issues down the road, because... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, smoking causes a lot of different things. And so um, you may not be able to go with a cheaper plan that um, only really covers the major, major stuff. Um, You know, that's that's basically what the high deductible plans are. It's almost, high deductible plans are almost going back a little bit to the indemnity type of insurance where it's like, if something really bad happens, you pay out your whole deductible, which is higher, but then you're totally covered after that. So like, make sure that if you have something that costs like $200,000, you pay your deductible, but then the rest is—you don't have to pay the rest of that two hundred thousand. Um, but if you're sicker and you know you're going to be going to the doctor all the time, uh, it probably makes sense to do one of the plans where the you pay less per month, but then everything is covered for after, you yeah. after that. So.
1: Well, so. when did uh? So when did insurance? When did that start in this country? Like, do you, do you have a little bit
0: of more? <laughs> I mean, I think it's been around for about 100 years, maybe more, yeah. um, in some form. But a lot of it was just that, you know, that original idea of like, you know, <clears throat> we're only going to cover the major, major things. And I think it was like around the 40s or 50s and then kind of took off under under Nixon with HMOs. Nixon basically started the, the HMOs, uh, which became a much more managed experience of, you know, you can only go to this set of doctors and we're going to pay the doctor's these amounts for these services, and if they try to charge more, they won't get paid for it. Um, And that it just became this much more controlled environment as opposed, it's not really a free market anymore. It's not like a doctor says, well, I charge 500 bucks and the guy down the street charges a thousand bucks. It works like that a little bit, but the insurance companies have kind of controlled a lot of that to basically say, we pay X amount for this. Yeah.
1: So uh, speaking of snake oil, so what were like, (laughs) I'll never use that phrase again, but speaking of snake oil, like, and then, you know, uh, what were the different factors to it, to where the health, like insurance landscape turned into this more managed, confusing thing because, so it was a combination of like, you know, technology and that it started to cost more. Like we found out, you know, different reasons for why you get these injuries and illnesses and then. Technology ca- caught up to it, and there's different ways to treat them. And, and is it more of like they realize it's a it's a business now? You make money if we manage this People are living
0: longer too. Like, does that yeah, yeah, that yeah. factor more yeah. so? I, I think I think that's definitely part of it. I mean, I think uh, I think costs have gone up, um, you know, because people are less healthy and living longer. So mm. the average cost <laughs> of paying for a person's health over the course of their life has gone up. I also think that. You know, there's a lot more there are a lot more technology um, technologies and innovations out there so you can you, know, you can do more scans of things and mm-hmm. you can you know you have much more expensive drugs that can keep people alive that they couldn't really do before. Um, and so you, know, you you have a much longer life expectancy than you did and a lot more ways that you can uh, treat a person, but that also increases the cost over time. And I think the other thing too is, you know, it's almost similar to, um, you know, how the when the mortgage industry took off, you know, it used to be that people could, you know, p- you know, pretty much pay in cash for a house. Mm. Um, and that was just the way you had to do it. You had to save up and then pay for the house in cash. But once you start separating this, you know, uh, you, you get banks in the middle of it and they can give you a loan and then you don't have to put as much up front. It allows the, the prices to really skyrocket because you you know, you as the consumer are not having to pay all at once up front. There's a bank in the middle of it. Mm. In the same way, there's an insurance company in the middle of it um, that's taking in your money and then paying it out, and you're doing you know, you're you're pooling all these people together. So everybody's paying in, the insurance company's paying out to different people. It allows the cost to go up with any without anyone really feeling the pain of it. And so the costs, you know, can just steadily creep up, doctors charge more. Um, you know, services get charged at higher rates. Pharmaceutical companies charge more and more for their drugs because nobody can. It's not really an open market. Where is that? Because it's spread
1: out. The, the payment is spread out. Yeah, amongst more parties.
0: It's spread out, and you have like this big intermediary in wow, the middle. That's that's cre- You know, it's, and that's why I say it's kind of similar. I think I, I look at it as similar to the mortgage industry, where you yeah. have a bank in the middle. So a house can cost one point two million dollars, and you know, people who don't have anywhere near that uh, net worth or money in the bank can, can buy that house because they can pay it over 30 years with small payments. Yeah. And so it, but it, it allows then housing prices to go up and up and up and up over time. It's the same idea. You know, if, if you had to pay $20,000 out of pocket to get an MRI done, mm. you wouldn't do it. But because yeah. it's paid by insurance, you may have gotten an MRI because, you know, the doctor said, hey, yes, you should probably pay. get an MRI yeah, and you know. they'll pay it. Right.
1: Then, I mean, that makes sense, but also, like, I, f- I feel like there's got to be some, like, clear-cut winners and losers in there, right? Like, because, like, you, met- you mentioned, like, you uh, related to, like, buying a house, but, like, so same thing how they would be paying that $1.2 million over 30 years. Yeah. Now. Like, um, so does that mean that the patient would be paying, like, for their service over a longer time now because health insurance is involved? Also I also like also like the the um, like the, like how to, if the insurance company is paying like that much money for your MRI or whatever like yep. how are they making money
0: yeah I mean it's just um, I, I think it's because you have a pool of people so you, you know the 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 three of us as younger or healthier people generally and I'm just assuming but you know Thank you. overall <laughs> younger or healthier people um, uh, you know we pay in generally more than we use, but we do it because in case something were to happen, it'd be really awful if you had to pay $200,000 out of pocket because right. okay. you got hit by a car right. and now you have all these medical bills and you can't afford it. So we all pay in and you know the average person pays anywhere from ten dollars to $15,000 a year between what they pay and what their company pays in some cases if they have an employer plan, but it's somewhere in that range. And none of us necessarily at our age are using that amount of health care so we may use a thousand dollars of it at most yeah but then the person who is is older and sicker and, and needs more care they may be paying in a higher amount still in certain in certain cases um, or the same amount but they're using the services a lot more so in a way you're the, the younger healthier people are generally funding the the, the the sicker people in the in the same group and, and that's wow. and that's how it works because yeah. you you can pull everybody together and that's why it is still insurance in a sense but you know you're pulling everybody together and then you're saying not everybody has the same needs but everyone wants to make sure that they're protected in case something bad yeah. happens and you do it as a group so as a healthy adult
2: <laughs> uh how do you milk your plan like i know there's fsas and like all of that, like, what what do you do? Like, do you go to the doctor like <laughs> three times a year? Or? What,
1: I mean, yeah. Also, like, what are the different types of plans? I don't
0: even. Oh yeah. 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 I
1: mean, I don't even. I think I have an HMO, but I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah. In relation to the other plans, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean there there are a lot of there are a lot of variables, and you know some companies give people a lot of you know choices, and they'll have you know ten or twelve different plans they can choose from. Uh, some people have no choice or three choices if they're getting an employer plan, but then you can go out to the open market. You can get Oscar. You can get you right. know whatever on on, <clears> the, in, on the exchanges um, in certain cases. But um, yeah, there there are so many variables to it. And even as a person who like understands the space and works in healthcare and is generally healthy, I have tried to do the math to figure out what's like how am I going to save the most money and, and do this the right way. And you can never win because, it's you know, insurance life, right? company, are talking
1: about life and health. It's like,
0: exactly. And yeah. you don't want to be, you know, you want to make sure you're protected in case something big happens. And, you know, payers and insurance companies have a lot of people calculating, you know, based on various people's risk, you know, how do they balance out all those costs? And you're, you're never going to win that calculation, but. I think that you know the, the, the con- you know the differences between like an HMO versus a PPO or EPO or any of these other three letter acronyms is pretty much like how much choice you have in which providers you see. Um, you know, do you need to have referrals before you see specialists, which is a way that they try to control costs. Mm. Um, do you pay Um, a deductible meaning you have to pay up to that amount before they will cover anything. Mm. So you're sharing in the cost, or do you just pay co-pays where you're sharing, you are still sharing in the cost, but you're paying it more on a per usage basis. So okay, I go to the primary care doctor and it's 30 bucks. I go to the specialist, it's 50 bucks. I get you know, a, a prescription that's generic, it's $5. If it's not generic, it's $40. And then they pay the rest but they're putting some of it on you so that you don't overuse the system that's the whole point so if it's a deduct high deductible plan they incentivize you to not use it by making you pay out of pocket for everything until you meet your deductible uh, amount and then in the other cases they're still incentivizing you not to use it because you have to pay those co-pays every time or coinsurance, which is okay well you have a hospital bill of you know $200,000 and we pay 80% but you pay the other 20% in hmm. some cases. So it all that can vary a whole lot but it's you know depending on what plan you choose and that's why it's so confusing because you can have so many different variables to it in terms of what you pay. But ultimately their goal is well first of all to not pay out at all for the most part mm-hmm. um, has been the traditional model. There's some new models now with um, uh, the Affordable Care Act and um, and value based payments and all that, where uh, they actually are incentivized to get you seen earlier uh, when, when you're less sick to prevent the, the bigger issues down the road. Um, but in the traditional fee for service model, their goal is don't pay, and their goal is to help to, to make you share in the cost so that you don't want to use services all the time and, and go to the doctor 10 times a year for yeah. no reason. Um, by making you pay a portion of it. So that's kind of been the traditional model with it.
1: So basically the, all the plans differ in how much you want to pay, and that is uh, decided by how healthy you think you're going to live.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So a lot of that calculation has to do with how much do you think you're going to use your health care that year, hmm you can't change plans for the whole year and that's part of the game as well as yeah. you can't you know that because if you could people would say oh you know i yeah. just got this really bad diagnosis let me get a better plan <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. then yeah. that throws off the that's whole thing wrong, so you can do that next year they used to exclude people for pre-existing conditions mm-hmm. so you couldn't even say okay i'm getting a new plan now you know and they, that that's been done away with but um, but you can't you still can't change it for the year so you know, if you're healthier, that's great. Maybe do the high deductible plan because you don't really think you're gonna use it and it just covers you in case something really bad happens. But um, but otherwise, uh, but let's say something bad does happen or you get a condition that's more of a chronic issue. Well, the next year when you're choosing a plan, you may say, you know what, I'm gonna be having to see the doctor a lot more often. It's better off that I get the better plan that I pay into a little bit more every month, but then anything I wanna, do is pretty much covered at a, at a low rate. So, Got you. so yeah. high.
1: So yeah. I mean, just summarize. So high deductible plans, you're paying less more less regularly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But you have <laughs> to. <laughs> still, yeah. Okay.
0: So you I may pay it, yeah. a couple hundred bucks a month versus five hundred bucks a month for like a a, a better plan. And once
1: you actually get something done, it's going to cost you a lot more.
0: Yeah. You basically yeah. have to pay a hundred percent of the cost until you meet your deductible. So if the if the <clears throat> doctor says it's six hundred dollars that service you pay $600 mm-hmm. until you meet your you know $5,000 deductible or whatever it is then they'll cover everything after So that. best best for
1: confidently healthy people
0: yeah uh, I mean money. if you're younger or healthier H I mean the high deductible health plans are probably a reasonable choice unless you're a person that needs more health care over the course of the year yeah so,
1: so yeah, I mean, back to your question about how having to how to milk it oh yeah <laughs> the best, I mean I mean let's be, uh, do you know what plan you have? I don't even know what plan I, have. <laughs> I think I have a high deductible plan, but then again this is great because like I'm starting my new job and I have to sign up for new benefits yeah and all I'm gonna go off of is like the little like uh, scenario write ups they have like I mean I think I would go for a high
2: deductible plan. I don't think I have a high deductible.
1: I'm probably, yeah, probably somewhere in the middle. I always take, yeah. like, the middle one. It's uh, like...
2: A mid-deductible? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that's <laughs> like. Um,
1: but, yeah, like, I mean, how do you make the most... If you're in that situation where you're, like, young adults or whatever, fairly young... I'm, do I yeah, a I'm, getting, I'm, getting old, is. I'm getting older, but, yeah, like, yeah, how do you uh, make the most of your plan without having, like, you know, if you're not having any, like, serious chronic illnesses or whatever, it's the best way to make the best use of your plan.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, some people like the high deductible plans if they're if they're pretty healthy, because you can also contribute, uh, as Ari mentioned, to the uh, to an HSA. So you can basically put, um, you know, tax free money into an account and then pay out all your health care bills through it. So anything that you do have to pay toward your deductible or uh, for services down the road, even if you switch plans later, um, you can't contribute to an HSA unless you're in a, in a high deductible what health is plan. What does that stand for? Uh, it's a health savings account.
1: Okay, so it's, it's like our, a, a flex thing, right? Yeah, it's yeah. It's like that. It's similar
0: so, to an FSA. There's some weird tax differences <clears throat> and, and different considerations on one versus the other. But traditionally, with the high deductible plans, the HSA is you put money away tax free from your paycheck too. From your yeah. paycheck, and then I didn't
1: do that. I, I didn't do that.
0: So you <laughs> you can actually keep it for life too. So even oh, if you switch you to, to a better it, plan. No no no. Oh. F- FSAs you have to spend by the end of the year you lose it. Right. Okay, um, that's but the H- okay. HSA is you keep forever and you can only contribute while you're in a high deductible plan, but then if you later go on to a better plan where uh, it's not high deductible you can still keep that. And so like, let's say down the road, you have kids and it's like, you can like use that to pay for their braces or like, and it's licenses. transferable
1: to, to so it's transferable to if you get a new insurance company. Yeah. Yeah. So you it's keep like a that, four it's tied to k, k for you your health in
2: maybe. a sense. Yeah, it is exactly like that. Yeah.
1: Did you know that? That sounds great. Yeah. Well,
2: <laughs> I always lose out on my, uh, my FSA. Like I, I never spend it. And then you lose it, right? Yeah. And yeah. it yeah. sucks. Cause yeah. like, my glasses are all scratched. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, <laughs> I just forget. Like, is there... I don't know.
1: So you get... So FSA and HSA are both part of your health insurance that you can opt into.
0: Yeah. So it, so they're, they're both... Um, uh, I think FSAs... I'm not as familiar with them because I've never personally used it, but... Uh, I've always saw those as like like yeah like an eyeglasses thing. So is yeah, that, like, yeah. Is like, that
2: part? Is that even if you're only get like some Zyrtec or something, right? Like
0: oh yeah, just dip right. into that. But I... hmm. yeah, so it's it's like uh, it, but it's basically both of them are ways to put money away in case you need to. So you can use it toward copays, toward you know uh, eyeglasses if you have to pay a portion of that out yeah. of pocket. It's basically anything that you pay out of pocket that the, that insurance is not covering. You can tap into those accounts to pay it, and it, there's, they're, ta- they're tax beneficial because you're get, they're getting pulled out of your paycheck pre-tax. But HSAs, you can only, be, you can only contribute to if you're in a high-deductible health plan. Um, okay, and then you FSAs, you can contribute to, I think, no matter what. I, 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 again, I'm not as familiar with it, but it's the same concept. But the problem is they, they do run out. Yeah, so I if know. you don't use it, you lose it. Yeah. Whereas the HSA, you can basically keep forever and you can have like 10 different HSAs in your name for every time you've been in one of those health plans, mm. contribute as much as you can contribute like a bunch to it and then pay, pay yourself out for healthcare down the road if you want to. Which is and nice. the only drawback
1: is that you're making less money each paycheck. Exactly.
0: Exactly. exactly. But I think the analogy to like a for for the HSA, at least for a 401k is pretty good because it's like. You put the money away. There's tax benefits, and then you can withdraw from it whenever you need it. It's so, okay. I mean, obviously, four hundred and one k. There's like that's more for retirement. So you get penalties if you take yeah, it early. Yeah, but like, yeah. idea is you like put it away for good tax benefit, and then you can use it later on whenever you need it. Pretty much. So you can only use
2: it for like medical issues. But there's or, like the
0: yeah, but they yeah, they like, like
2: cosmetic things for like what. Or glasses. I guess that's the health or, thing. Or, or not even that. Like, it, say you're broke all of a sudden and you have like oh. three thousand dollars in your intestines. Oh and like, yeah, yeah. You like, <laughs> <laughs> you take from that. I don't know. That's a health <laughs> thing. We gotta eat. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> take out this money for a steak
0: dinner. Yeah. <laughs> it's, Could uh, you do that? Yeah. No. It, Uh, you, you can't, but the, there is definitely like a, (laughs) there's a pretty wide range of stuff that you can, that they've allowed people to use it for. So it's even like certain wellness things. Like you can use it toward a massage or like, so so it's not, it's not like, you know, only when you're going to a doctor, you know, you can use it for a much wider set of circumstances than that. I wonder if you could use it for like a gym membership and then that way it's interesting. I uh i i actually don't remember if you there i i i I don't remember on that one i forget if you can use it for a gym membership i think i've looked into that might be able to up to a point or something i don't don't really know how that one works
2: i think if it's if it's like uh, a recovery process like if you oh yeah that yeah
1: for sure that makes sense yeah yeah yeah.
2: but not just for like getting bulk yeah (laughs) i was thinking like you can't
1: like really go to blink and like link your account to, like, your HSA. Yeah. <laughs> like, what credit card do you have
2: with the government? You might <laughs> need <United> help.
0: <laughs> but that being said, I mean, a lot of, um, I mean, now the the changing world with insurance companies or payers that people are talking about is um, value-based care, where instead of saying, you know, the, the payer pays the provider or the pharmacy every time you, you know, get certain You know treatments or whatever. Instead, they'll just say, "Okay, you have you know this patient has diabetes. Um, We'll you know the payer will give the provider five thousand dollars a year, let's say. Yeah. And if the provider can treat the patient for two thousand dollars because they keep them healthier, they give them a Fitbit for free. Mm. They um, you know encourage them to go to the gym or whatever. They give them some incentives to do that." then great they you know make the 3000 or they, they really share it with the insurance provider in most cases but the idea is if you instead of just saying hey we'll pay out you know 1000 bucks there 3000 bucks there every time you come in for something which incentivizes actually more doctor visits and more treatments mm. and more scans and more everything uh, instead it's we're going to pay you a fixed amount for this because that's what it averages and if it If you if you can treat that if you can keep that patient healthier and treat them sooner before they have a big issue, their care is probably going to cost less, and so everyone wins. Hmm. The payer wins, the provider wins, and ideally the patient wins too because they stay healthier. If you don't really monitor that patient, you just let them do whatever they want and don't treat it.
1: Yeah, need to treat basis, right? And then they more expensive. Right,
0: and then they'll they'll end up exceeding. You know, your costs go way higher than whatever you got from the payer to cover that, or from the government in some cases, because the government is also a payer with Medicare and Medicaid. But um, if you go higher, then then you know the, the provider loses out because they had to pay, and all you know, there's all these yeah. costs, and then they didn't get as much from the insurance company. So
1: is this, um, this, are we talking about preventative healthcare essentially?
0: It's, it encourages preventative healthcare, but it's this new, um, there's basically two different models of, um, of payments that payers have used, the historical one has been fee for service. So I come in doc, you know, it's, it's 600 bucks, whatever the insurance company and the doctor agreed to. So, you know, $600 for this service, $200 for this service, whatever insurance company pays it out. You may pay a portion of that or all of it, depending on your plan. Um, In the value based arrangements, which is the value based care, which is the new type of model um, it's, they call it capitated. So every so if I'm a person that ha, you know, I have diabetes, that's four thousand, you know, chronic kidney disease that's three thousand, whatever. So the insurance company gives a lump sum every year to the, the provider and says, Go treat them, keep mm. them healthy. And yeah. if you spend less, <clears throat> we, we both get to share that money. If you spend more, too bad. Mm. Yeah. So, but that's so. I
1: mean, you mentioned like someone with like diabetes, but if you're relatively healthy, Mm -hmm. uh, is that also like
0: a good option to have like a lump sum that you pay every year? Oh, so that's that's more of the. um, I mean, insurance. That's more of the the insurance insurance company or you know payer to provider arrangement rather than like you you actually may not even know um, how that's being paid necessarily. Because certain services, and they're trying to increase the number of services, where if you have these long-term conditions or other things, uh, payers are trying to switch more of those instead of just we pay for every single thing as you get as you have that service. Mm-hmm. Instead, we're going to give you a certain amount, but that's that's actually an arrangement between the payer and the provider. You may not even know that for you know uh, this condition okay, you gotcha. have. They're getting that. That's more of an arrangement of how they pay how the payer pays the provider. Um, So you get the same plan. So we don't
1: even like as patients or whatever people, we don't really feel that this, this
0: value based
1: shift. You
0: you may not. I mean, I think the only, the only way that you might feel it is that you may see that instead of providers encouraging you to get, and and this has happened to me like, Oh, I have, you know, a a pain here. Okay. Get an x-ray, get a CT scan, get an MRI. Hmm. And they don't care because it doesn't, matter to them and they get paid for each of those things right the, the, the health system gets paid you may see more of well you don't really need that because you know it's not necessary we can we can solve this just by doing you know a blood test which is a lot cheaper um so there's a downside to it which is providers may be more incentivized to uh give you less in terms of healthcare services because they don't they're getting paid a fixed amount so if they if they Send you for an MRI. They send you for an X-ray. Then they're, you know, they're they're blowing all that money that they're Mm. getting from the payer for that condition, and now they don't have anything left. Um, So it it just changes the it's just a way to change the incentive so that instead of, you know, I get paid more for the more healthcare I deliver to this person. If I can encourage you to get scans and go see eight (laughs) specialists. Great. That's great for the health system. Instead, what they're saying is, what do you really need to have? And let's do the the important stuff that you really need. Um, now, again, it could be misused where now they're saying, yeah, you have all these symptoms, but you know, just take this really cheap drug and go home. But then there's also measures of quality and other things. How how did the patient perform? If they do have a major event, then uh, then the the health system can get you know, penalized for that too. So that it's, it, they're trying to balance it so that it's, it doesn't go in the other direction where doctors are just like, "Yeah, just take some an aspirin guys. and go home." Yeah. Yeah. So so we can keep the cost cheap. Because um, generally, yeah.
1: providers would make more money if it was fee based. Uh, yeah. Well, like
0: they're, I they're mean,
1: trying to find that balance. Of...
0: They can. I mean, I guess the the goal is probably to bring the overall cost down because healthcare is just super expensive in the U.S. <laughs> yeah. uh, in general. For, for what you get and considering like life expectancy and health in the US is not any better than or in some cases worse than a lot of developed you know other developed countries and even developing countries. Uh, the overall goal is how do we get these costs down because it's just way too expensive right now. Um, but I in an ideal world the providers can still make money by providing good, efficient services to patients and treating them with more preventative stuff up front, because again, if you get paid $5,000 for a diabetic patient and you can treat them really well and you can give them annual physicals and and take care of stuff in advance preventatively, Mm. and you only spend $2,000 of that 5,000, you may end up making more than you did in the fee-for-service model, where it's just like, here's a scan, here's another scan, here's this specialist. Um, So you can make money in both ways, and I think it's important, you know, unfortunately or unfortunately healthcare is a business and especially in this country it is a business. So, um, you know, NYU or Mount Sinai, I mean, they have to make money to stay in business Mm -hmm. and, um, it's, it's, it's not a charity. So, um, you know, they they have to figure out ways to you know make money in that system, but if they can be efficient and they can work within the parameters of the, the model, they can end up doing pretty well.
2: Interesting. Um, Maybe we should go through some scenarios. Uh, yeah. Different profiles of people that might need to see or might might need to sign up for a particular plan. Maybe you can like help us figure out uh, what's more, what what type of plan is appropriate for them. Sure. Uh, so let's start with Frank. Okay. So Frank, he makes forty thousand dollars, right? He's fifty. He's a health nut, probiotic king his parents has have diabetes okay uh and he doesn't necessarily go to the doctors very often mm-hmm. uh what would you recommend for him
0: yeah i mean and again this is like totally my my opinion on all this stuff but yeah um i you know i would say um you know i mean 50 year olds are you know 50s the new 30s <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. um you know i mean it's i think at 50 years old you're not at that point of being in a situation where you're going to have a a lot of health risks i mean a lot of the major health risks you know start later in life Mm -hmm. um and you know obviously he's got a family history of, of diabetes but assuming it's type 2 diabetes um which i would i would almost everybody it is um you know that that is generally caused by um, you know, diet issues, exercise issues, and other stuff. If, if the guy's a health nut, eats well, exercises, all that stuff is reasonably healthy, doesn't use healthcare a lot. You know, chances are in the next year while he's 50 years old, he's not going to be using a lot of healthcare services. And probably even for him, unless he has a family, uh, that uses more healthcare, you know, kids Mm -hmm. go to the doctor a lot and have various stuff. You know, you want to make sure you're really well covered when you have kids. Um, if he doesn't, it's just for him. Probably a high deductible plan makes sense because he's probably not going to use a lot of that stuff, so he can pay a lot less per month. Mm-hmm. And then if something really bad happens, or let's say he does, you know, he ends up developing diabetes because he, you know, if something happened, you know, he may have to pay that deductible, but then he's covered, and then the next year he can do something else in some cases or choose a different type of plan. Okay. All right. All right. Uh. uh
1: you're welcome, Frank.
2: <laughs> yeah. All right. Chad. Chad. G- makes $70,000 a year. Tw- he's 22. He loves to send it. He- he's like a party animal. Uh, he drinks like a tank and has a lot of sex. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chad. He-, he-, he does go to the doctor. Like, let's say. Sounds like
1: Chad might get Me Too'd too, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. So young party animal. Yeah. Chad. Yeah. And he's banging.
0: <laughs> I mean, so high deductible plans have traditionally been like the the plans of younger, healthier people, the twenty yeah. something, thirty something. So it actually seems like he's probably a good candidate for the high deductible plan as well because he doesn't have doesn't seem to have kids. Um, doesn't have doesn't have a spouse. Um, you know, so it doesn't have any dependence to worry about, but he knows about, him. Um, right. <laughs> yeah. um, but you know, so he's, he's a single guy. He is, he's healthy. I mean, drinks a lot, but that's probably not going to be an issue until he's older where I mean, if he keeps it up. It could be a problem. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, like maybe there's some risky behaviors and other things. So, um, you know, and, and he does make a little bit more money. So, you know, if he, if he's. And this is where it gets into your own sort of personal choices on stuff. Hmm. If he's a person that is paranoid and is you know, he, yeah. he engages yeah. in risky behavior, but he's at like and does all this crazy stuff. But at the end of it, like he may want to go to the doctor every two weeks to get screened for whatever diseases or yeah. just make sure everything's cool. And he's that type of person and he makes a little bit more money, and his company and he's at a good company that pays a good portion of his health health care or health you know, health insurance costs. Mm-hmm. Maybe he goes for a higher plan, but traditionally he would be the type of person that is a great candidate for a high deductible plan again, because you know no real health issues and he's young, and you know he might as well save himself some money and uh, and choose a cheaper plan that that covers him if something major happens. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So far, high deductibles for both. <laughs> but
1: say, for instance, like it, he like broke his arm last year because Mm -hmm. he was partying too hard or something like that (laughs) and you know he's not necessarily paranoid but he's like you know that might happen again this year at like the annual rager that we throw in the woods or whatever (laughs) whatever chad does um is it and, and he's thoughtful about that is it um how much for something like you know a broken arm or like would it cost him like if he uh chose to do a high deductible plan. Like, I mean, would he consider doing something with a lower deductible plan because he foresees that he might be paying up like $2,000 for...
0: Yeah, uh, for hopping into a pool. Yeah, (laughs) for hopping into a pool. Jumping in a pool from a roof. (laughs) Right. Uh, Or missing the pool, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it kind of depends on... Yeah, a lot of it depends on sort of your risk tolerance. Yeah. And, like, I mean, a broken arm... And, you know, all the physical therapy and other stuff that you may have to do, I mean, you may hit your deductible right off the bat just from the broken arm. It could easily, yeah. I mean, a lot of times high deductible plans, it could be, you know, 6000 bucks you know, for the year. So it's, it's a pretty high amount, but a broken arm plus physical therapy plus, like, you know, normal healthcare services, maybe you hit that almost right away just by breaking your arm. And so... In that situation then you'd have been better off going with a plan that's you know a little bit more expensive every month 400 bucks a month or whatever that that you have to pay but now you're 100 percent covered or you're mostly covered except for co-pays for all of that stuff yeah. and so you pay very little out of pocket all the way through and maybe you end up doing a lot better uh, for the year because you you know you paid for the better plan. So gotcha. it's 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 all about your risk tolerance and and that's um that's just sort of what it comes down to I and mean, it's the same thing with like you know home homeowners insurance or life insurance it's like well you can pay more per month and get more coverage and it depends on what you think is going to happen to yeah. you yeah um, and it's all it's it's all sort of a crystal ball really yeah yeah what's actually going to happen and that's that is how insurance companies end up making money is people are either you know people generally tend to be risk averse so they'll choose you know something that's not necessarily the the wisest decision but they want to make sure they're covered they're a little paranoid so mm. They'll get the better plan. Insurance company ends up making money because they don't use as much as they think they might need to. Hmm. Gotcha.
2: Yeah. Uh, I think the next one was just answered. but uh, <laughs> 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 So we got Angie. She's a hardcore CrossFit champion. Uh, exercise is her main and only hobby. She pushes it to the limit. And she has a torn ACL and she's pulled a couple of other parts, body parts, yeah. uh, by exercising so like, you know, she's probably, she's probably predicting that she might tear something again or.
0: Yeah. She goes, yeah. 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 I mean, if, if, if you have an ACL tear and you know, a lot of times you need surgery to really get, and obviously she's somebody who's, uh, you know, who is big into fitness and is pretty active. So it's not like you're just going to sit there with the ACL tear and say, all right, well, I guess I can't really run anymore. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, she's going to want to get it fixed if she's, if she's pretty young and active. Um, so sometimes that means like full open knee surgery, which Mm. is super expensive. And so you want to have pretty good coverage for that. sounds like she gets hurt a lot. So, um, you know, normally I would say, all right, pretty fit person. So doesn't have, you know, not a risk for diabetes or other things, but Mm. tends to get hurt pretty often because, um, you know, she goes to the gym a lot and really pushes and, and is very active. So, and, and has a history of it. So yeah, maybe, and, and if she currently has an ACL tear, she probably wants the better insurance cause she may need surgery. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's probably one of those things of, yeah, she doesn't have, you know, you know, a high cancer risk necessarily or heart disease risk, but she's very injury prone and has some injuries now. So for physical therapy, for surgery, for other stuff, she may need might be better to have a, a slightly better, um, you know, like a PPO plan or something like that where you pay in a, more per month but then you know you 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 uh, bust your ACL and maybe you only pay you know four or five hundred dollars out of pocket instead of thousands mm-hmm. or 10000 know, dollars $10, or whatever it might be
2: Okay what is
1: what does HMO and PPO stand for? I'm so I'm getting HMO is the high deductible plan typically and PPOs the better coverage uh, so pay h- more.
0: high deductible plans are actually kind of their own, Thing they're they're even separate from the HMOs. So high deductible health plan. Sometimes they abbreviate it because they love abbreviations. HDHP. <laughs> high deductible I've plan. I've seen that around. Yeah. Um, but but that's more of a new thing under the Affordable Care Act, aka Obamacare. Uh-huh. Um, it's a newer thing. They they're, they were around before, but they've become much more common. And HMO is a healthcare. I think it's healthcare um, management organization. Um, And so the idea is um, with that one, you have to have an assigned primary care doctor. And in a lot Mm. of cases, that primary care doctor has to uh, refer you to any specialist that you need. So you can only go to in-network doctors, only doctors that are under contract uh, with that group. And you need... Basically, the health insurance company decides a lot more of what you can have and what you can't have. You need pre-approvals for certain things. If you're going to get a procedure done, they may have to say, yeah, we agree that you need it. And, you know, here's the authorization to go do it. Uh, So it's just a little bit more of a controlled environment. That, those were very popular in the 90s. They've become a lot less popular because people really hate to be told the that they don't want to do yeah, stuff like yeah. or that they're not allowed to do stuff and they have to go through this really controlled thing. So PPO plans have become much more popular where um, you can go to someone in network for a cheaper rate, but you can also go to someone out of network and pay a slightly higher rate, but you're still covered. you're not you're still not paying out of pocket in most cases. You're still, or, you know, you're not paying the full amount out of pocket, you just get less coverage if you go out of network. You don't need an assigned primary care doctor, you don't need, um, uh, you can, go if you want, if you say, you know, my back, it, you know, my back is a little sore today and it just started and I want to go see the leading orthopedic surgeon, um, probably not the best well, use of time or money for anyone, but, you could. but you could because you, you know, you don't have to say, okay, I got referred to from my primary care yeah. doctor, you know, you can go to whoever you want. And if they'll take you, the penalties were a le- like less, right? You have much more freedom to go wherever you want. So that's the HMO versus PPO and there's EPOs, POS. I mean there's a whole, and they're all little <laughs> variants of the same concepts so of just how much control. But it's you basically
1: have. based off your choice. Yeah, of how you want to be provided or treated, right. Or whatever. okay? Right, and all of the
0: and some of those come with higher or lower deductibles. But the high deductible health plans are a significantly higher deductible compared to those other ones usually. And some of those that I just mentioned sometimes don't have any deductibles. You just pay twenty bucks every time you see a doctor. You pay you know five hundred dollars every time you have a surgery. There's there's just very fixed amounts. Whereas the high deductible plans you pay whatever they tell you to pay, and then nothing is covered until you have paid out whatever the deductible is. And then they'll cover everything after that. So it's like, it's just, again, it's like different ways of getting at the same thing, which is just how much do you think you're going to use? Or, you know, do you care about going out of network, in network? Do you want to have, do you want to just be able to walk into an orthopedic surgeon? Or do you want to, you know, do you want to have to, go to your primary care doctor every time first. Mm. So all of that is just, you know, and then, and then what's your risk tolerance? Do you think you're going to have to have, you know, do you think you're going to have issues and need to be seeing the doctor all the time? Or do you think, eh, I probably won't go at all next year because I'm young and healthy. So I want to pay the least amount. And then if something super bad happens, okay, I'll have to pay like, you know, $6,000 or $10,000 out of pocket, but then I'm totally covered. Yeah. And so if I have like, you know, like I get hit by a bus, you know, yeah, I'll be covered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay,
2: well, um, should we do pass-fail? I have a couple more oh, yeah, follow-up
1: questions. Yeah, yeah. So what, what I'm getting out of the whole scenario segment that we just did is like, I mean, I'm I, this is super helpful. I'm like <laughs> understanding health insurance a lot more. But I'm also realizing that like on top of like understanding health insurance and how it works and the different variables – that go into you choosing a plan I feel like you also have to like be on top of like how much different treatments cost like cause mm-hmm. it'll affect fa- cause like there's one thing for me to be like paranoid about you know getting the flu or breaking my arm or whatever but for part of like what factors into my decisions, is like I have to know like how much that would, treatment would typically cost which is I feel like I don't know where to even get that information, you know. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like like that that would influence my decision a lot, yeah. you know. Yeah.
0: I think that's one of the biggest challenges with um, with the whole system is that the you know, the costs are really you know, you're 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 paying in, in in a lot of cases you're not really paying directly for care, so you don't know how much stuff is is even really costing down the road. But then in certain cases, you are sharing in some of the costs of that and you have no idea what they are in advance. And a lot of times yeah. the providers and even your payers can't tell you how much it's going to cost because yeah. there are all these different factors that determine it and you know, there's, there, there, are, there are so many complexities to how much a service is going to cost that it just, for you to try to figure out, if I broke my arm and I went to you know, NYU, it's gonna cost X amount good good luck. You know, <laughs> I mean, seriously, it's it's so hard to try to figure that out. And then you're being asked to make all these decisions about, you know, your risk tolerance and, oh, do I want to do the high deductible or do I want something a little safer but more expensive up front? Um, and it's really hard. And I think, yeah. I mean, I, I can tell you that, you know, I've, I've been in situations where I've had You know, eight, ten, twelve different choices of health plans Mm -hmm. that are everything from high deductible, POS, PPO, EPO, all these different (laughs) things that I just mentioned. You know, this one you pay sixty percent of in hospital care, which if you're in hospital care costs four hundred thousand dollars. If you have to pay, if they pay sixty percent, you pay forty percent. That's still a lot of money. Yeah. Um. And so you know, and there's all these different ways that they set it up and without knowing any of the costs, you have to make a decision. And so yeah. even even for me as kind of understanding this space and working in this space, it's still really hard when, when there's all these choices presented and you're trying to figure out, okay, so I have to try to guess what my next year is going to look like yeah, yeah, and what totally. might happen and what am I at risk for and how much, if I'm at risk for that, is that going to cost? And I have no idea. <laughs> That's it's constant gamble. Like, it is. It really is, oh. yeah. At least does the
1: the amount that the um the insurance company uh all right what am i trying to ask right now <laughs> so like i know that like you know i can never tell how much i will have to pay because it also depends on like the plan I am, i'm on or whatever but like is it always the is it a fixed amount that the um how much the insurance company has to pay and then and then it's just you're just choosing the different type of plan of like uh, how much you want to pay or foresee these things happening
0: yeah well so usually the amount that the insurance company pays to a particular provider but it can vary by every provider by that provider. you see they have different contracts but yeah if you if you come in like if Ari comes in on a, on a you know a POS or an EPO or a PPO or a high deductible plan generally the amount that um, the, the negotiated rate between the insurance company and that provider is set based on the service. Hmm. But if you're in a high deductible plan and you haven't met your deductible, insurance company pays nothing. You pay everything. Yeah. If you've hit your deductible, yeah. you pay nothing. Insurance company pays everything of that Holy amount. Oh shit! I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. Right. And then if you, but if you, let's say you're yeah. on the PPO plan, again, insurance company pays. You know, so let's say it's six hundred dollars, and you haven't hit your deductible. You pay the six hundred. You've hit the deductible. Insurance company pays the six hundred. And in a PPO plan, where let's say you're responsible for a $20 copay, mm-hmm. you pay $20, insurance company pays 580 huh. See that,
1: that? I mean, I get that I won't be able to ever understand really how much I have to pay. I mean, but I would love to know, like, those fixed fees for things that the insurance company has to pay. Because then I can kind of plan it out based on how I forecast my year. Yeah. about how much I want to pay for those
0: particular services, but yeah. that's
1: not readily available, is it? No, no, and
0: and there, I, there's been a move toward that because over time, especially with value-based care arrangements and just in general, insurance companies are passing more and more costs down to patients as a way to try to disincentivize them from using services, um, and, and just because they can, frankly. Um, <laughs> patients are taking on a higher and higher percentage of their healthcare. So even when you pay for insurance, when you go in, you're still paying co-pays, co-insurance, deductibles, all this other stuff. You're still paying into it every time you go for care in, in, in a lot of cases, um, to more or less degrees. And so because of that, patients are much need to be much more aware of what, are, what is the price of this thing? Like, yeah. How do I even know yeah, how to predict absolutely. the price? it's not really there yet, but there are more um, companies out there and even insurance companies and and providers are trying to make price transparency more uh, widespread so that people have a sense of how much stuff costs. Yeah, Um,
1: that'd be
0: good. Yeah, but it's really not there. I mean, it's it's almost like when you go to a car mechanic and they're like, yeah, you need these 10 things Mm. and it costs this, and unless you go get a second or third opinion, yeah. You have no They could say anything about what yeah. you need and how much it costs. You have no clue. Yeah. It's a totally, you know, illiquid market. Like, you just have no sense of it. It's all obscured.
1: Yeah. So, I'll give you an example that really confused me. So, like, last, this past summer, I went into my prim- primary care doctor and I just wanted, like, an annual checkup. And I wanted to run the full gamut of, like, blood tests, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, yeah, all of it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, just blood pressure. Diseases sexual diseases all that stuff and I thought you know, it wouldn't be that expensive because it's an annual checkup. Yeah, and then from um, the, the Provider the lab or whatever I mm-hmm. get like a six hundred dollar bill or eight hundred dollar bill or something like that And I was like what the hell and then I did not expect this I thought it would be covered because it's 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 preventative and it's like an annual thing I just thought like that's part of it. Yeah, and then so I emailed my doctor I talked to him through emails. <laughs> uh, he's very cool. But then uh, I talked to him and he was like, oh, very casually. He was like, you don't have to pay that. And he was like, just ignore it. And then I was like, I'm kind of paranoid. And I kept getting bills from them Yeah. with a due date, you know, uh, encroaching. And um, so I just emailed him. I was like, can you like, like talk to the lab and like see what's going on? Like, And he was like, he was very calm about it. Like, Like, he was like, yeah, no, you can just ignore these bills, but I will talk to them and, and get some things waived because some of those things should not cost that much. And then, you know, I kept getting bills to the point where I was like, hey, so did you talk to them? Can I get confirmation that you did talk to them? Can I talk to them myself? And I just annoyed the hell out of him. And then he got me in touch with a, like a representative at the lab. And the guy at the lab, I got on the phone with him and he was like, yeah, you don't have to pay that six hundred dollars at all. We just have to set it as a formality, and it won't go to like uh, your credit or whatever. It won't go to a credit reporting company, or it won't, it won't go to yeah, it won't go towards my credit. Like mm. you just and I was like, cool, but like so confused by that <laughs> because this happened like the su- pre- summer previously where I got like a four hundred dollar bill for blood work mm-hmm. and I paid it, and I'm like retro. <laughs> in retrospect, I'm so pissed that I paid it because I didn't have to. Yeah, and I'm just utterly confused by why would they even send me those bills? Like, what what does it mean that you have to? It's a formality. Yeah, and then hearing it from you you themselves that I don't have to pay. It. It's just so confusing. yeah. And I had to go through all that trouble to understand that. Yeah. Why well, Why did that happen? I don't, I don't get it.
0: The, the the lab The lab work stuff. Um, to be honest even confuses me in a lot of cases uh, yeah. because it it's just it's it is very complex and a lot of times again this is a situation where you know your your doctor is kind of deciding which tests to give you yeah. you're, you're you know you're I mean you're having a conversation about it but you don't really know what you should be getting for someone your age and whatever else so you're kind of relying on okay the doctor is making a judgment call and it's true that annual physicals are generally covered by most insurances because they want to incentivize you to have a preventative checkup so that you you don't have more expensive care down the road because you missed all this stuff yeah that you that you end up having um, so they you know most of the time and that was also an Affordable Care Act uh, Obamacare um, uh, benefit is a lot of the preventative stuff is covered but if you get the blood work. If it's not considered, you know, standard of care or just part of the screening, which for an annual physical, most blood work is not considered, mm. you know, part of the standard. If you're getting, you know, tests for HIV or other, you know, other things that a lot of people want, right? A lot of times that's not considered standard of care, so it's not part of that preventative coverage, and, and a lot of insurance companies will not pay that. Now, in terms of them charging you back, they are allowed to do that up to within whatever confines of your insurance you have. So if you're required to pay 20%, they're allowed to charge you 20% if assuming they billed the amount that they negotiated with the insurance company. So they're allowed to bill a thousand bucks. You on a PPO plan have to pay 20% of that, whatever your insurance coverage says. So you're responsible for 200 I think technically you are supposed to pay those things, but I I honestly think that in in a lot of cases with what I've heard with labs and um, imaging centers when you do scans is that they have people with bills of like tens of thousands of dollars that they honestly just don't care to deal with all of those relatively i mean for you 400 or 600 bucks is what? a lot yeah. but they honestly just don't want to bother with it it doesn't affect your credit i think that's one sort of protection that's been built in for a while is health care coverage in certain cases if you don't pay it does not affect your credit in that case so i think there it's just basically like it's not worth it for them to deal with it wow, i think technically so, you are crazy. supposed to be responsible and again all of this depends on what plan you have but yeah, I think A lot yeah. of times they just don't want to fight it, and that's actually a lot of what it is. Um, that's why I go crazy. So yeah. they're just
1: losing out, and kind of yeah. They just don't care. Just I mean, to the point where they're like just casually telling them on the phone, "No, don't worry about it." <laughs> right. That's that's insane to me. It doesn't make any sense yeah. to me. But I mean, I paid the first one, so. Yep. <laughs> and, and,
0: and I could be wrong, and maybe there's something where they they have you know they, they had um, they didn't have your insurance coverage on file on the right way and then they realize later that actually you yeah, are yeah. So there could have been other circumstances yeah. for that too but I know yeah. in some cases people have, you know, there's a lot of instances of bad debt in medicine as well which also raises costs for everybody else because they expect that certain people just are not going to pay their bills and it's very hard to recoup money from people who just don't pay their bills and they go after the people that owe a lot of money but then sometimes the smaller stuff where it's like oh, you were technically responsible for X percent of a few hundred dollar bill. They you just, throw just it don't the care. Yeah. That's, that's like, it's awesome, but it doesn't really instill
2: confidence in the yeah. healthcare. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So like, it's so loosey-goosey. It's yeah. like, so
1: loosey-goosey. I mean, like, and it's almost like it's a factor in choosing what to plan, too, because, like, if you're going to have to pay 20% or whatever, but then it becomes, like, this thing that the, the lab is not even really going to worry about, well, then, sure, <laughs> I'll do I don't know
0: yeah it's weird it's, it's a really weird <laughs> system it's I mean it, it's I think it's very inefficient just because nobody knows the price people use whatever services they want um, I, I also think I mean so much of healthcare costs in the US goes toward end of life care where it's a lot of people trying to prolong life by mm-hmm. you know oh. a few months they mm-hmm. have you know terminal cancer but they're spending you know a few hundred thousand dollars on right. really you know, new pharmaceuticals that are meant to extend life a little bit. So, I mean, there's a lot of inefficiencies because it's just people have no idea what stuff costs. People go to the doctor without really thinking about it. Um, and nobody knows what, you know, the prices of anything. And then we spend a ton on sort of end-of-life care as well. And it's just, it's a very... And then you have insurance, which is this whole layer in between that basically... Obscures the whole thing and they they make they have to make money. They make profits as well. Yeah um, So it just it 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 makes the whole healthcare system in the US way more expensive than anywhere else which it is. I Had another
1: scenario that I hope you I was hoping you could yeah. explain. Yeah. So I uh, I, have, I Have a bum knee like I have runners knee pretty much like chronic is the is the, the issue mm-hmm. and so I saw orthopedic surgeon and um, that's how I found out I got MRI, and then I, he recommended physical therapy. Mm-hmm. It's not worth getting like surgery or fucking with it even more than you should. So I got physical therapy, and I found this place through like a, a healthcare like uh, fair they had at work, mm-hmm. and um, they saw my insurance and they told me actually that it'd be cheaper for me to pay out of network, and it ended up being ten dollars a session. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just trying to understand. I was like really <laughs> skeptical of that. I was like that's cheap. It's yeah. really cheap. I don't know how you're making money. Spe- like so yeah, how are they making money off that? I guess like do opting to do out of network for them, they get paid more by the insurance company. Uh
0: well, um that's a good I I I like think really about that too, because yeah. it's, it it does seem a little Like, I had to
1: confirm strange. with a few of my other coworkers that it's like legit and it's like <laughs> and it's like I'm not gonna get Been asked down the road.
0: Is it is it uh is it that you pay ten bucks and then the insurance company pays a a bunch more or like the whole session just just costs ten dollars?
1: I pay ten dollars. I have I have honestly no idea how much the insurance company is paying for it now. Sounds like a snake oil
2: situation. (laughs) (laughs) It
1: does. It's so it's weird and yeah I have no idea how that works. I guess I should check my health insurance and see how much like the claims are or whatever but
0: yeah i mean you haven't got
1: any bills or anything from anyone else like just the provider like that's the only people i would get a bill from right the provider
0: yeah 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 the and then th- they just you know.
1: they just charge me ten dollars per session so
0: yeah i mean it could be i mean usually out of network insurance you know like i said certain plans don't cover it at all and they'll only cover doctors that are in their network other plans, they let you go out of network, but generally the cost is higher to go out of network. You, you pay more and the insurance company may pay more also. Um, and so that's why you pay more because they're paying more. Um, yeah. But they'll give you that choice. Um, the only, I mean, the only thing I can think of for why the out of network one may be less expensive is like if you've hit some sort of deductible with, like you've gone to other out-of-network providers, you hit the deductible for that, but you haven't hit your, because sometimes groups, sometimes um, plans that have in-network and out-of-network coverage have a one deductible for in-network and one deductible for out-of-network. Yeah. So if you yeah. hit your deductible for out-of-network, but you haven't hit your deductible for in-network, you're, you're still paying either all of it or a higher percentage of it than you would at, on the out-of-network because you've hit that deductible. It's right. not... That's not necessarily... I mean, in a way, though, it means that you may not have used earlier healthcare as efficiently because you were going to all these out-of-network <laughs> doctors. I don't know. I mean, that's the yeah, only yeah, thing I yeah. can think of as yeah, maybe why I'm that would happen. Yeah, I'm trying to think happen, if, that, if I did that, possibly, but... No. Like if you saw an out-of-network specialist, you hit your deductible on that. That makes so sense. So now yeah. all your stuff out of, any, yeah. every time you go out-of-network for the rest of the year is covered by. They're
1: going to get paid more from the insurance company, but but um, good.
0: Yeah, but usually they usually they want you to go in-network. They get better rates, so you get better rates. So it's it's That's on the whole, it's yeah. usually cheaper to go in-network than out-of-network. Interesting. Unless there's some strange snake thing going on. or snake like <laughs> snake oil, <load>. yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, all right. I'll let you know. That's open case. I'll <laughs> ask the, my physical therapist more about that. But yeah, the, I mean, this has been insanely Very
0: helpful. Very informative. Yeah, mm-hmm. super so informative. Can't thank you enough. Oh, yeah, no, <laughs> I'm happy to do it. I mean, like, I'm definitely not an expert, but just, like, working in the field for a while, and, uh, and, and honestly, some of you are just trying to, you know even choose my own health plans, I've had to try to figure some of this stuff out, and, yeah. um, you know, but but it's, I mean, it, I think there are very few experts, and, and that's, the, that's the thing that's kind of crazy to me, is I work in healthcare, and I actually do understand how a lot of this stuff works, to a certain extent, and even for me, trying to choose a health plan like that time of year, when that, that month of open enrollment that you have to do with, the comp- with your company or whatever is always stressful because you're always trying yeah, to figure out, it, okay, should I change it? What do I think is going to happen? Because it's all about predicting the future, basically, yeah. which is obviously very difficult to do um, and, and trying to weigh everything. And yeah, I mean, even if you're an expert or, or you, you, you understand this stuff, it's still really hard to make a decision. So um, I understand why people are confused. Yeah, it's unfortunate. It's part of it. Yeah, it's nothing we can do. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's life. <laughs> like actually, like
2: you're just constantly gambling with your life. <laughs> yeah, no way. Yeah. All right, pass fail. Yeah. We'll end the show with pass
1: fail. So mentioned earlier, but we're gonna just go around and share stories about how we passed or failed as an adult recently. Uh, it could be like you know yesterday. It could be in the past month. Whatever comes to mind. You got
2: something? I think I've been a perfectly average adult recently. Uh, I don't know. I think I've been failing recently because I haven't bought gloves this season. It's been (laughs) been really cold. And uh, I typically talk to my mom in the morning on my way to the subway. And I don't know. Like, I just can't have my hand out (laughs) in like 30 degree weather. So... (coughs) I don't know. I, I, I should probably buy some gloves. And I keep telling myself to do that.
1: I haven't. You'll buy them in, like,
2: April. Yeah. <laughs> It'll still be cold. It'll still be cold. I'll yeah.
1: um, Man, this is going to make me seem like such a like a injury-prone person. Maybe <laughs> I am. But they had a, um, a doubles ping-pong tournament at work, like, oh, two nice. weeks ago. It was all right. It was like four teams. <laughs> but I rolled my ankle in like the first match on like match point. I rolled my ankle super bad and I had to take like two minute break. And then we ended up winning and then we ended up winning the finals match. But I probably should not have kept on playing. I think it was like an adrenaline thing. It sounds so stupid because it's just a work ping pong tournament. <laughs> but I was like, I want to win this. And then I was just like laid up that I'm still like it still hurts it's still sore and I was like two weeks ago so yeah I would consider that a fail I probably should have just like I should have wore better shoes or something like that
2: but you have proper
1: coverage right yeah and I think I'm good I just I, I'm not gonna go see a doctor I think I'm good it's Uh-oh. better now okay but, sounds like a fail <laughs> yeah <it's laughs> but I also we won so it's a pass fail it's pretty good it's pretty good. <laughs> Um, what about
0: you? Um, well, you actually, your, your story about rolling your ankle reminded me, I, I sprained my ankle really badly at the beginning of the year. Um, and it's just funny when, and I, and I actually did it while exercising, (laughs) which is always super embarrassing because first of all, you're like, you know, I was at the gym, like basically crawling around to try to get up afterwards, (laughs) which is super embarrassing. (laughs) And then also it defeats the whole purpose of trying to. Yeah. Because then it puts you out for weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And you end up like sitting on a couch and probably overeating and all this stuff way too often. And so then. You're, you know, it, you, you've kind of like undone everything that you were trying exactly. to do yeah. for weeks and weeks or months before. Trying to that. do the thing you wanted, right? <laughs> While doing that, yeah. it's like I'm I'm trying to exercise and get in shape, but now like I sprained my ankle, Oof. I can't do anything. Yeah, <laughs> this
1: is, it pissed me off that I sprained my ankle because like it's like the holidays. I know I'm gonna eat a lot. Yeah, like I'm gonna go home to Virginia. I'm gonna eat a lot, and then I'm gonna go to uh, on vacation after that. I should not. It's just like. I wanted to get in, like, decent shape so I could gain <laughs> it back through all the
0: meals I eat. But You, you don't realize—I feel like until you hurt—and um, I've heard this with people who have hurt their knees, too, but, like, lower extremity injuries are just the worst because you there is no way you can avoid uh, putting yeah. pressure oh, on yeah. it or using it. Yeah. Like, you, you don't realize, even if it's, like, your non-dominant leg or knee or foot or whatever— um, it's you're just always putting weight on like your entire body weight on it all the time and yeah. you need it for pretty much everything just to move in stairs yeah. Work, like, yeah yeah and it's like it's really it's really rough to have those, uh, those injuries <laughs> and then yeah I gotta add a leg day to my workout to, uh, <laughs> just don't spray it right?
2: <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. alright cool um
0: well yeah thanks for thanks, being on Jordan. the show oh, this yeah, was great yeah, Neil. All right. Thank you for having me. This was great. All right. We'd love to have you back. Sure. Maybe we talk about... Um, yeah, we could
1: have a follow-up. Yeah. Slash.
0: Happy to do it. The, I think I think people could talk about health insurance in the U.S. for probably years and never cover <laughs> yeah, never how come complex and it. difficult it is. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we could talk about international health insurance. Yeah. <laughs> or health, health care, rather. Sure. Yeah. yeah. There are definitely places doing it a lot better than us, I oh. think, for sure. Yeah.
1: Well, all right. Do. Well, uh, next episode is... December twenty third, so that's when we're supposed to have an next episode. We might take a break. Might, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. But if we don't talk to you, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. <laughs>